Tonight, I am going to take a break from Galatians just because uh, I, I have prepared two messages. I had Galatians ready, and I also prepared this not knowing what I was going to do tonight because all I can say is that I have been being hit from multiple areas with Christians in the church talking about energies and vibrations and honestly new age stuff and at the risk of making this sound like I am attacking a single church or a pastor who preaches it that's not what this is um, there was a message that I heard this last week that did talk about this but it was kind of one of those final straws for me because I have been hearing it, as I said, from multiple people in multiple places, and I don't know where it's all coming from. Like, why now? And for some reason, I just feel like there is a spiritual attack going on because it isn't just this. It's, it's, I can't share everything, but I mean, I have had a week of... Like, what is happening? And I just thought, I need to address this. Because we do need to be a bride ready for the church, or a church ready for her bride. Anyway, like I said, I just felt that this needed to be addressed. And it isn't just this. It is so many things that we have been allowing to come into the church that just isn't biblical this could apply I mean ultimately this message could apply to Halloween Christmas it could apply to uh, some of the traditions other traditions that are in the church that you have to do this or you've got to bow a certain way or you you know all of these things but nonetheless there is a demonic spirit in the church and I mean outright demonic. I, I can't stress that enough. A while back, I had talked about the Holy Spirit. Before I get into this, I want you to understand, I am not saying the Holy Spirit does not work today. I am not a cessationalist, one that believes that the Spirit was back for the apostolic time, but it doesn't happen now. I believe that there are people who speak in tongues. I also believe that there are people who speak in tongues who are not speaking from the Holy Spirit, but from a false spirit. I do not have time to get into that tonight. I have a DVD. If you are interested, you can have it. Um, called An Unholy Spirit in the Church. And you need to watch that because that will go in connection with this. What I will say is this, is the exact same manifestations that we see in the Hindu faith of New Age and other things like that is the exact to a T thing that we are seeing going on in churches today. To a T. Why does it look identical in the church that we see in, in Hinduism and Satanism? Because it's the same spirit. We're going to talk about that here as we go. But 
keep in mind as we go through this, I am not saying that some of these things don't happen legitimately. They do. Satan loves to mimic. And he loves to get in and destroy. And he loves to uh, contaminate. So with that said, let me just give you a couple of scriptures here first. Colossians warns us, Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to traditions of men, according to the basic principles of this world, and not according to Christ. All of those things I just mentioned could fall into that category. Traditions of men. How many things do we have in the church that we have made gospel? whether it be the color of the carpet to where a pastor can or cannot preach, what kind of clothes you have to wear. It's just like the modern or the Pharisees of Jesus' day. Things that the scripture didn't talk about, but we've made them gospel truth. Then there's the basic principles of this world or of the world. What are the basic principles of the world? Well, we're going to talk about that, but I think in many ways it's science. I'm not against science. I mean, those of you who know me know that. I love science. I'm not against science, but science can be demonic or it can be godly. It just depends on what worldview you apply to it. So, I'm not against science, but I am against evolution. Some people call that science. That's not science. What we need to follow is that which is according to Christ. What is Christ? The Word of God. If it's not in the Word of God, you better be careful. Now, I'm not saying that we can't look at things in the world and see God and that there aren't those things, but we never make those things doctrine. And we be very careful about what you allow to come into the church. We'll do some examples later. John 3.19, and this is the condemnation that the light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light. Why? Because their deeds were evil. Notice they're in darkness. Now this is going to be important because there is a message being preached today that if you're depressed, if you're in darkness, that you, you really can't experience God. Let me tell you something. You're not in darkness because you have good energies or bad energies. You're in darkness because of what? Evil, disobedience to God. That's what brings darkness. Now, there can be an obedient person and bad things happen. However, you're going to find joy even in, those dar in that darkness. We were talking about praying for this Ezekiel and how important that is. Let me tell you, I'd, or that family that we were praying for in Lincoln, that four-year-old who passed away. The family is going through a very dark time, but do you know that even in that darkness, they're uplifting and giving God glory and finding joy? And they don't have to find good vibrations to find that joy. It's Jesus that gives them that joy, period. But it's interesting that if we need vibrations and to be around good energies, which we're going to talk more about, I'm kind of jumping in a little early, what have people done for the last 6,000 years without knowing that? What have all the Christians in the last 2,000 years been doing if we're just finally figuring out that right now there are vibrations in everything? Which, by the way, I believe is true. 
This, you know, inanimate object is made up of atoms. Atoms are made up of electrons. Electrons are made up of protons, uh, or, or, uh, quarks, things like that. And there's movement inside that. I've talked about this before. There is no question scientifically. I think we can say, yes, there is movement inside a rock. Energy is movement. If it's moving, moving, there's energy in it. So absolutely, science says that, uh, confirms that. But what about 2,000 years ago, people who didn't know about electrons and all of that, do you think that those poor people were not going to be able to survive and thrive like we can today because now we have knowledge that there are vibrations and different vibrations? No. Is this a principle of the, of the world? That there, yeah, I think it is. Does it make it wrong that there are vibrations? No, I think that's just the way God created things. We're starting to understand some of that. That's all right. But what we do with that information is where things can go south. I want to show you that this is beginning to get into our churches where we are preaching that we have to eat the right foods, put the right inanimate objects in our home, crystals, or uh, different colors, because different colors have different frequencies. And this is getting in the church. Well, I'm going to show you that this is absolutely 100% New Age Satanism. But it has crept into the church. Much like Halloween has been taken over and we say, hey, let's Christianize this evil thing. That's what they're doing. They have Christianized an evil thing. Um, some would say that the ancients knew about this. That they knew about these vibrations. All right, let's say they did. Where is it in the Bible, though? Is it still a basic principle of this world? rather than God's word. If it was so important for you to ha understand happiness and joy and the Holy Spirit, to understand vibrations, I think God would have told us in the Bible. But it's not there anywhere. Now, you're going to see some will say, oh, yes, it is. Uh, in the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Guys, that has nothing to do with you. That is the Spirit. And I do believe that that is the energizing aspect of God in this world. I, I do think that's true. But that has nothing to do with my behavior and my joy understanding that. So, if it's not found in Scripture, if New Age and Satanism is focused on this, maybe, just maybe, Satan is trying to distract us from something more important. A substitute of what does give true joy. A substitute of what does allow you to experience the Holy Spirit. Or else... Maybe an option is maybe God did purposely leave something out, some sort of knowledge that we had to have. You know, in Jesus' day and in the apostolic time, we've talked about them many times, the Gnostics, G-N-O-S-T-I-C-S. Much of our early church theology was because early church fathers were going against the Gnostics. Gnostic comes from the word, uh, basically in the Greek, the knowledge. It's those that were seeking this specific extra knowledge. They were enlightened. And it got into astrology as well. I mentioned before that some of these rabbinic Judaism uh, followers 
they have astrological aspects in their teachings and beliefs. And what they do is they twist scriptures by saying that when God came to Abraham and gave him this covenant, he said, go count the stars. And so Abraham was an astrologer. No, he was an astronomer, not an astrologer. But you see, they twist that, and then that gives them the freedom and the justification then to bring astrology-like things into the church, into their theologies. No. That is what we have to guard against. I believe that this is the book of Enoch all over again. In Genesis 6-4, we read about the sons of God marrying the daughters of men and giants roam the earth. I'm not going to go through that whole thing and unravel that now. But bottom line is the book of Enoch talks about this. And he says that there were these fallen angels or these angels who came down on Mount Hermon. And they married these women and the offspring were giants. But he also tells us that what these angels, fallen angels did, was instructed them in spells, enchantments, the cutting of roots, astrology. These are the things that Satan's minions were trying to instruct people of. All these added knowledges that aren't in Scripture, but are all there to help you. So, is the same thing happening again? These enchantments that you have to say a prayer in just the right way, that you have to be repetitive. I've said before, one of the reasons that it just annoys me to go to churches where you have the 7-11, the same seven verses 11 times, is because I know where that comes from. It's not in Scripture. People say, oh, the angels, holy, holy, holy. Yeah, they said it three times. Okay, but, but those are the angels, and that's... He is holy. It's not about our music and being able to repent. I'm not saying you can't say something a few times, but sometimes it's ridiculous. The whole reason that is in the church is because of New Age. And I've been saying this for 20 years, but about 15 years ago, it really started ramping up. And uh, I was telling Deb about a book here, The Deceived on Purpose, you, you start reading these people who get out of the new age and they will tell you where this stuff comes from because they know. And what happened was the church was being instructed, hey, you want the Holy Spirit, you want people to, to experience the Holy Spirit? Well, turn down the lights, mood lighting, and then you also need to... Um, bring them into a state of worship. So these songs, get them to say them over and over and over so that they are not thinking anymore, but rather, this is not how they say it, but this is where the new age comes in. It's a mantra. The whole point of yoga and mantras, and by the way, yoga, another perfect example. Churches are teaching yoga. Guys, this does not belong in the church. If you want to exercise, go exercise, but don't do yoga. Yoga, a big part of what it is, whether it's in the church or not, is to empty the mind. You empty the mind so that the Holy Spirit can come in. No, 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 no. You see, this is what New Age does. You empty the mind so that a spirit can come in. 
No. What does Scripture say? We are to be of sound mind. Never does it say to empty your mind or to be mindless. As a matter of fact, mindless is more ungodly. We are to meditate upon the Word of God. And people say, well, they meditate in, in yoga and whatnot. We're supposed to meditate on God's Word. That's different. Completely different. To meditate on God's Word means to fill your mind with it and contemplate that Word. What does it mean? How is it applied to my life? Put the Scriptures in your heart and in your mind. But what's instead happening is meditation in yoga and other things, what they tell you, what they'll teach you is to get a word. You'll get this little word that you say over and over and over. Oftentimes it's words like, um, we'll talk about that coming up. And so you say it over and over and over to empty the mind. By the way, I've seen some churches who will teach you how to speak in tongues, and you know what often they tell you to do? Just say this phrase over and over and over. Teaching you how to get the Holy Spirit. I don't see that in Scripture. The Scripture tells me about the Holy Spirit. We'll get to that in a minute. But my point is, is are we experiencing what happened in, the, in Genesis 6-4 all over again, that we've got evil spirits who are trying to persuade us teach us this Gnostic information? I think we do. Uh, I've got a great book. I can't remember the title. I'll have to show it to you later. Uh, a good friend of mine uh, gave me this book here a few years back. And it, it deals with demonic possession, but yet you're never going to hear about demonic possession. It's all about this. And people who in the church are speaking in tongues who have never once tested the Spirit to see whether it was from God. Isn't that what the Bible tells us to do? Test the spirits, but yet we get a spirit that makes us feel good. Oh, wait, I got God! Yet they've never tested it to see if it truly is God. And you will find that some people who speak in tongues might not even be able to call to say Jesus is Lord in tongues because they've never tested it. And I don't understand all of this myself, but what I'm saying is we have to guard sound doctrine and we can't just welcome every spirit that comes in because if there's a holy one, there's an unholy one too. 2 Chronicles 16.12, it says, In the 39th year of his reign, Asa became diseased in his feet, and his malady was severe. Yet his, in his disease, he did not seek the Lord, but the physicians only, basically. You know, I'm a young or old 50 years. I don't know what it is yet, but it feels old. But at the same time, I look at my life and it has been so quick. And in that short time, I can't even begin to tell you how many fads I have seen come and go. How many different diets that are the diet of diets? How many different exercises that are the exercises of exercises? How many different vitamins have come along, whether it be colloidal silver, whether it be plexus, whether it be this vitamin or that vitamin? Now, I'm not saying that you can't sell plexus. I'm not saying that you can't sell vitamins. I'm not even saying that they don't do any good. They may. What's that? Okay. 
The point is, is I have seen many come and go. And the point is, is that all of them are for us to feel better about ourselves and to be healthy in the body, right? You could say the same thing about vaccines today. You can't be healthy without it. Can't be healthy without a vaccine. You can't be healthy without plexus. You can't be healthy without these oils. You can't be healthy if, if you're eating this food or not eating that food. It's almost as if we have begun to idolize ourselves. That our body... Now, I know. I, I'm not going to let that pendulum swing all the way over here. I know we are the temple. And we are to take care of our body. I'm not saying that. Now go eat ho-hos and ding-dongs and be merry. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is there has to be a balance to where we do not allow our health to become a god. There's something about that. Well, we have to look at the idea, too, about vitamins. People will say, well, listen, we know that vitamins are a good thing, so is it wrong for us to take vitamins? No, it is not. But let me tell you this. When I go to New Age and satanic websites, I don't see them telling me anything about vitamins or plexus, or oils. What I do see them telling me, though, is energies, <coughs> vibrations. And so some people will say, well, listen, we know that there are vibrations in this. It's just science, so it's okay to apply that to our bodies. I'm saying, listen, I don't see it in Scripture and I do see it all over in Satanism and New Age. I don't want to have anything to do with it. I think that it's much different than vitamins. 1 Timothy 5, 6, But she who lives in pleasure is dead while she lives. I bring this up because note the pleasures of this world don't give us the spirit. He who lives in pleasure is dead. There's an idea out there that Christianity means you better be happy all the time. You're not allowed to say any negative things. Like, don't speak, you know, like this child has cancer. No, you command this child does not have cancer. It's called kind of name it, claim it theology. That you can't allow bad thoughts or bad words to come out of your mouth. Now again, the pendulum can go here, or it can go there, or it can be in the middle where it's supposed to be. I'm not saying that we can't claim victory, claim truth, but let me tell you something. People are going to die of cancer all the time, and every single person that I've ever seen name it, claim it, eventually is going to die, no matter how much they name it and claim it. You see, having a good attitude is important. But believing that if I don't have a good attitude that I can't be blessed and that the Holy Spirit isn't in me or whatever the case might be, that is absolutely wrong. You see, he who lives in pleasure is dead. Being happy all the time is not even healthy. 
we're going to talk, we're going to swing back to that here in a little bit. But just know that our attitude about life is not what gives us the Holy Spirit. Scriptures will show us what does. So, again, a good attitude is important. And one could even say that a good attitude is simply living out your faith in obedience. But just having a good attitude in itself means nothing. Um, Romans 8 9. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. You see, we're supposed to be living in the Spirit all the time, but I think that vitamins and all these other things, what we're so focused on in the church is the physical body. Get the physical body in shape, the spiritual body, you'll be able to you know, be better and all of that. That's not what Scripture says. It does say physical training does have some value, but we're going to look at that verse later. There's something that even has more value than physical training for the physical body. Otherwise, man, I really feel sorry for those people who are in wheelchairs and they can't exercise and they can't you know, really get out and do those things because they're never really going to be able to experience the Holy Spirit you know, if they can't control the physical. It says, If anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who, is, was raised, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. If the body's dead, why are we so worried about energies and all the physical? We should be worried more about the Holy Spirit, period. Does the Spirit come and go for us? No, it says He lives, He dwells, He remains in you if you are in Christ. He doesn't come and go, so guess what? If He doesn't come and go, when I go to church, I don't have to conjure Him up. I don't have to say something 15 times to get Him there so that I have Him now. I don't have to be in a good mood even for Him to be there. He does not leave me. That is the truth of the Scriptures. And I stand on that. Whether I feel him or not doesn't change the fact he's there. I don't need to feel him to know the truth. Is it nice to feel his presence at times? Absolutely. Again, I'm not going to let that pendulum swing too far one way or the other. We must not allow scripture to be interpreted by science, feelings, experiences, emotions, because I'll tell you something. Islam... If you really study Islam, you will see that the Islam faith is filled with people seeing energies and lights and angels and all of that. It is not just Christianity that can have a warm fuzzy. That ought to be a warning to you in itself. But I think that today we are after a Holy Spirit hit in the churches today. It's become a drug, not a spirit. And we go each week to get another hit, to get our fix. It's not what this is. That's not what the Holy Spirit is. And so, 
Common sense doesn't allow us to walk on water. It doesn't even have to make sense. It's living by faith in what God's Word says, not by what I can even understand. We took communion as we do each week, and I'm telling you, I don't understand that, but I believe it. I believe it's powerful, I believe it's important, and I don't have to understand it. I just know it's what God's Word says, and I'm okay with that. Where rabbinic Judaism really went south after Christ, rather than being corrected and understanding, is, is this whole idea of, they call it Kabbalistic. It's, it's based on New Age, Greek philosophies, astronomy and, or astrology and all those things. And that's what happened. They wanted enlightenment. They wanted to feed off of the tree of knowledge, not the tree of life. They rejected the tree of life and went to the tree of knowledge. That is exactly what Satan did in Genesis 6-4. You too can be like God. You can understand Him better. You're going to get to know Him. You too can be a God, is the New Age teaching. You just have to open up that spiritual eye. Open up that chakra. Open up the, you know, the, so that the energies can go in, that the spirit can get out whatever it is. That is as new age as new age can get. John 14, 21 says this though. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Everybody's looking for a manifestation of the Spirit today. What does Scripture say how you're going to get it? Obey him. Follow his word. Not add things to his word in order that he may manifest himself to you. Obey. Yet, Church after church after church is out there preaching. Here's how you can get the Holy Spirit. Here's your five-step program. Here's your roll on the ground, you know, massage therapy. I don't know what it is. Here's all of these things that you have to do in order to get the Holy Spirit. And none of them are, here are the commandments of God, obey them. Jump up and down, that'll help. I don't see that in thou shalt jump up and down. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Oh, you mean God's going to manifest himself to us differently than he does to the world? Yeah. And yet what I see happening in many churches today is the exact same thing that you see happening in Hinduism and in New Age and in Satanism. Wait a minute. Something's wrong there. Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. So wait, the question is, how will you manifest yourself differently to us? And the answer is, those who I will manifest myself to them are going to be those who obey me. They keep my word. And it says, my father will love him, and we, not just, you know, Jesus, but the, the triune aspect, the Holy Spirit, we will come to Him and make our home, not our hotel, our home with Him. He who does not love me does not keep my words. That's the world, and that I will not manifest myself to. 
And the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father who sent me. So again, the world is following vibrations. I'm telling you, forget that and follow the word. Romans 7, 8, For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. So does it matter what my flesh is frequencing right now? What kind of energy my flesh has? Whether I ate beans or ho-hos. <laughs> yeah. How could you not resist that one? I get it. <laughs> so, it's just important that the material world is not what I'm chasing after to find my good health. Again, I'm not saying that we don't use wisdom in what we eat. If you only eat junk food, I even think, you know, the Bible talks about gluttony and, and all of those kind of things, being self-controlled. There's all those things that could be applied to that. I'm not going to go into good diet. My point is the balance that's out of balance here. 1 Timothy 4, 6, If you instruct the brethren in these things, you will be good minister, a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished in the words of faith and of good doctrine, which you have carefully followed. But reject profane and old wives' fables and exercise yourself toward godliness. Same thing. I'll manifest myself to those who are living out godliness. For bodily exercise profits a little. Yes, it's good. It's good to have diet. It's good to run. Unless you're me, then it's terrible to run. But having promise of the life that is now, or that now is, and of that which is to come. You see, all of the vegetables you eat are only going to help you for the here and now. It's not going to help you get to the Holy Spirit. Okay, but godliness, that will help you now, it says that, and for an eternity. That's the difference. He's making a separation between these two things. So it really doesn't matter what the vibration or energy of this bowl is. Not at all. That's, that's not even bodily exercise that he says is, is good. Jeremiah 7.16, Therefore do not pray for this people, nor lift up a cry or prayer for them, nor make intercession to me, for I will not hear you. Do you not see what they do in the cities of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem? So here the prophet Jeremiah is being told, don't pray for the Israelites. Why? Because of what's going on in the streets. What's going on? Verse 18, the children gather wood, the fathers kindle the fire, and the women knead dough to make cakes for the queen of heaven, and they pour out drink offerings to other gods, that they may provoke me to anger. Do they provoke me to anger, says the Lord? Is that what they're going to do, really? Now, why did I put that in there? Because do you know that right now, today, this still goes on? In rabbinic Judaism, in Israel, they have ceremonies where they build bonfires and dance around them to honor the dead. What do you think that they were here gathering wood for? Kindling a fire for? 
to worship false gods, other gods, to, to honor their ancestors, to do whatever. Guys, that is not scriptural. And yet they're still doing it to this day. During those same festivals, the women actually even need bread, challah bread, which is a good thing, but Satan, again, twists and mimics, and they'll take this challah bread and give a portion of it to the dead, almost like what we see in Chinese restaurants, offering it to the idols. I just think sometimes health, as I said, has become a god for us. And if not health the experiencing God has become a God to us. That we need to have some sort of experience, feeling, emotion that comes out of it. Something that is extra biblical. I just have here, if in prison, depressed or hurting, has God left you? Not at all. I know some extremely godly people who have suffered with depression. That does not mean that God has left you. It does not mean that you don't have access to His strength and His power. If anything, you need it more than ever at that time. And you don't give up. Is it being obedient for us to... Doubt God's faithfulness? No, that's, that's living in disobedience. So you could say that sometimes people are in depression because of disobedience. Not always the case. There are other reasons. But sometimes it can be you're just not trusting God. So that is a consequence because you're living not in faith but in sight. Sometimes it can be because of your choices. And that, yes, you are being gluttonous. That's breaking God's commands. And so now you've become gluttonous and lazy. The Bible speaks against those things. So don't do those things. So that's where, does the Bible speak of diet? Yeah, in some senses, it does. Don't be lazy, don't be a glutton. So, does it speak about vibrations again, though? No. There's nothing said about that. And so we have to keep with what God's word is in line with. I want to just show you some things here. Uh, if you go start looking up energies, frequencies, vibrations, it's so weird that you don't really find church websites. You find New Age and Satanic websites. I'll show you some of that. But here's Against High Vibrations, a critique of New Age spirituality. I've got it highlighted here at the bottom, the part that I wanted you to see. A quick Google search of high vibration brought up a slew of articles about what is a high vibration, why it's important to have it, and what you can do to raise yours. Again, we live in the spirit, not in the flesh. It says, this teaching lies at the heart of almost, if not all, New Age spirituality as well as various traditions influenced by New Age thinking, which increasingly is a wide range of spiritual teaching. Like I said, the idea is that your thoughts of happiness and good vibrations give you high, vib high vibrations. Well, if you have bad thoughts and sorrow, 
that brings low vibration. So if you listen to people who have come out of the new age, they'll talk about how almost crazy that would drive them. They weren't allowed to say anything negative because speaking negative words, that's a negative energy. I don't want to be around your negative energy. Being sad, you, you had to put on this happy face all the time. Because otherwise that's a negative energy. Well, the Bible says it's good to be negative at times. Matter of fact, he tells us, I saw Jesus get angry at times. A righteous wrath. God tells us to judge others righteously. Jeremiah was told not to pray. He was weeping. He was angry. Those would all be negative energies. That's what we're saying is if you have any of those, that's a negative energy. You stay as no. Matter of fact, those are good things sometimes. It has nothing to do with energies, it has everything to do with following truth. Second Corinthians chapter seven, verse ten, I didn't put it up here, but for godly sorrow produces repentance. Godly sorrow is a good thing, not a negative energy. For godly sorrow produces repentance leading to salvation. 2 Corinthians 7.10 It goes on, not to be regretted, but the sorrow of the world produces death. See, sorrow is not the problem. It's, is it godly sorrow or worldly sorrow? Ecclesiastes 7.3 Sorrow is better than laughter. That's not what New Age would teach you. For by a sad countenance, the heart is made better. See, I think we can find beauty in rain, in a thunderstorm, not the sunshine. Oh, you can find beauty in the sunshine too. But you see, it isn't about, oh, storms have negative energy. Sunlight has high energy. So surround yourself with high energy. Uh-uh. I find beauty in the rain, in the darkness, in the light, in all of it. An overcast day, God is there, and there is beauty in it. All of them. Yet these things would be considered low energy, low frequencies, things to stay away from. Fear. Yet the Bible says fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And we could look at 50 different verses talking about the importance of the fear of the Lord. Again, godly fear or worldly fear. Anger. Negative energy, but yet, as I said, we're supposed to have righteous anger. Shame, guilt, oh, don't ever have those. That sounds very satanic, doesn't it? The Bible says we should examine ourselves, and we should have shame that leads us to repentance, and then we should have the freedom of forgiveness. Grief, even Jesus wept. If Jesus thought that was such a terrible thing, don't even allow those things to, to, to you know, have those energies because we don't want to be around that negative energy, then I think Jesus would have told us that rather than weeping himself. So, these emotions that are typically viewed as negative and have low vibratory natures are things that can be good. We shouldn't move out of such emotions 
and into a false state of peace, a false state of joy, a false state of love. Love is a good energy. And yet, you know what's loving sometimes? To rebuke somebody. But you see, this is new age. It's very easy for us to get hooked on a spiritual practice or higher states of being to become these spiritual junkies. These negative vibrations are to be avoided at all costs. No. That kind of sounds like almost a, well, a do, with, do what thou wilt satanic teaching. You know, on another presentation, I talk about Mythbusters. Do you know it's interesting? They, you've probably heard about mold grows on rice that you speak bad things to, but if you don't speak to the evil things, the mold doesn't grow on it. Yeah, I've been hearing this all the time in the last month. Mythbusters. You, you probably heard this too, that if you play music to plants, rock and roll causes them to die, but nice, classical, good, soft music makes them live. Have you heard that? Mythbusters tested that, and you know what they found? The opposite. Rock and roll caused them to soar. Soft music, they were not very good. The, the more screamo the music, the better the plants did. So much for your positive energies. Yeah. Now, why is that? I don't think it has anything to do with the words that were used. It had everything to do with the frequencies. Is it true that frequencies can cause? Yes. God even, I think, probably created something along that lines. I think I've told you this before, but a plant, they, they have these things called stomas. It's like a little door that opens up, especially underneath their leaves. Uh, but these stomas are all over there, and when they open up, the plant takes in nutrients. So this is why plants do better with music because those frequencies open up the stomas and they take in the nutrients. Scientifically, that does seem to be the case, which I find fascinating because I see scientifically, you know what's interesting is that birds chirp most often in the morning when the dew is on the plants. And that chirping, because the frequencies of the music are along with the frequencies of birds chirping. See, so is there science to this? Yeah, I think there is. But does that mean that that's going to help me get the Holy Spirit, some spiritual door is going to open up, and then the Holy Spirit can now enter me? Absolutely not. There's a difference between these. But my point being is positive words aren't what makes the plant grow or not grow. Rock and roll screamo music made them do better. Negative energies made them do better. If you're going to go with the new age garbage. Here is from another article here. Just, uh, I, I mean, there were thousands. I just picked a few. But look at this. The sound is om and is the voice of everything. Of course, this is the om pronounced om when using it in the meditation or chanting of Hinduism. The sound represents the sacred sound of the universe and when repeated slowly as a mantra, it is considered to have the capability of making changes in the spiritual nature. 
There are sites that you can find that will, you can listen to DNA healing music. Okay, different vibrations have different music, going to heal your DNA. I think there's nothing really su substantially scientifically to back any of that. But yet there's all kinds of stuff out there. You can go, especially in New Age stores, and buy New Age DVDs that are going to be good for your spirit because it's got the right frequencies. Again, I'm not denying that things don't have frequencies. The stars have music. You know that? Scientists have shown that the stars give off vibrations. Those vibrations, they have music. Job says that when God created the morning stars, or these stars, they sang for joy. There may be a literal aspect to that. But it has nothing to do with your spirit. It has nothing to do with your success in life. Here are some more. It might be a little hard to see, but uh, we'll take the, the left middle here. Um, one can either begin this ritual, and by the way, I want you to see where this is from. This is from a literally satanic website. One can either begin this ritual, this satanic ritual, with the formal standard ritual, or just in instantly recite the following prayer and proceed with the runic vibration and then the affirmation. This is an extremely simple ritual. Um, the power of it will be cumulative and it will manifest over time. This is a ritual that Satanists do to get wealth and prosperity. Don't miss the fact that they call them prayers. Don't miss it, the fact that many of these Satanic rituals will have the Bible right next to the Satanic Bible. Don't miss that they have very religious, iconic things around them because Satan just wants to contaminate. On the upper right, same thing about this wealth and prosperity ritual for Satanism. The amount of vibrations can be either 10 or 40. Both are effectively equal. Um, one can increase the numbers but cannot uh, fall to less than 10. The vibrations can be shorter and don't need to be perfect. Then the bottom. When one is done with the total of the vibrations, they can focus intensely on the energy and then say the following affirmation. The following is to be affirmed 10 times. Om. That's why they say these words sometimes. Om. The vibrations. Is there something to this? I don't know. I don't want to know. I don't even care. Are there ways to open up portals to the devil? Maybe. I don't know. I don't care. I'm not even going to dabble. I just know that's not how the Holy Spirit is conjured up. The Holy Spirit, I've shown you, He lives and manifests Himself to us by His Word and obedience and faith. Period. Nothing else. This is another Satan, Satanic website. The 19 Enochian Keys. And I don't, I, I, I'm assuming it comes from the book of Enoch, which would be, you know, those demons that came down and taught them stuff. It says, The Enochian keys listed in the Satanic Bible in the book of Leviathan can be best described as mantras intended to incite a certain atmospheric vibration. Uh, the middle part here, chanting, vibration is very powerful. It goes on, vibrations cause the chakras to open and stimulate the kundalini. There's a kundalini spirit. Like I said, that's the DVD that uh, I put together. I'll show you videos of people doing awful things. I can't stand that DVD, but it's so important because it's in the church. You have a 
It is, yes, thank you. It is on the YouTube channel as well. By the way, probably one of my most commented on YouTube videos. I've had thousands of people coming out of the, the more, um, I want to say Protestant, that's not the word, charismatic, uh, what was it? Progressive? No, not progressive, but, it, but it's the charismatic, uh, Pentecostal is the word I was looking for. More of those people saying, I used to be in this, and how evil and satanic and new age it was. I mean, thousands of comments on it in regards to that. Here we see, you can vibrate words of power, runes, mantras, etc., while focusing and directing the energies. Below is the Hail Satan prayer. Okay, I'm telling you, almost every single satanic website, New Age website, is going to talk about energies. So why should I ever find that in the church? There are not, here are some other problems here. There are not good in, or enough good thoughts and deeds to fight spiritual warfare. You know, when I see the spiritual, uh, the, the spiritual armor of God in Ephesians 6.4, or in following, six, chapter 6, I don't see anything about energies fighting off the evil spirits. The idea of this is we become the master of our de destiny. It puts control in our hands rather than submission to God, surrendering to Him, and letting Him fight our battles. Controlling life by feelings or using feelings to guide our life even lessens the power of the Holy Spirit. It gives us some credit where no credit is due. Yeah, but now science has helped us understand these things that we didn't know before. Well, guess what? Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and always. Jesus does not change, and I don't need any Gnostic information to, to know the Holy Spirit. These vibrations are false securities. These energies, all of that. It's a man-centered gospel. I know you haven't kicked Jesus all the way out of it, but it's a man-centered gospel. Remember what I talked about here at communion? What did God do to Abraham? Put him to sleep so that he could have nothing to do with it. This is an Eastern religion. In the occult world, it's known as the serpent power or the kundalini spirit or awakening your chakra. Yoga techniques laying on of hands of a guru during a, a shakti pat or something like that initiation. Um, in the Christian realm, years ago it used to be called, uh, it was practiced by a group called the Shakers. Uh, they had a number of heretical doctrines, but you can imagine why they were called the Shakers. Uh, there was necromancy and all kinds of things involved with them. But they believe that their dead leader, Mother Anne, was the female expression of a godhead. It was in the early 1900s. And so the, the term slain in the spirit was later reintroduced by the latter rain movement, which was found to be and unbiblical in all of its doctrines as well. Um, but the Assembly of God really kind of grabbed onto that and put out uh, that denomination in 1949. 
because of their heretical doctrines, but some of these things have stuck. It's been brought back into especially the Assemblies of God or other Pentecostal things in the Brownsville, um, uh, uh, what's the Canadian, um, I want to say Montreal, it's not Montreal. There was a big movement in Canada, uh, Toronto movement, yep. Um, and so this is where some of these things have happened. Now, if you do any research on that, outside of their own stuff, you're going to see some demonic origins, New Age origins to those people who were there. Ungodly living as well. Their lifestyle. Proof is not in their pudding. Um, some really bad things. And honestly, while I'm not going to say everything out of Rhema, the Word of Faith movement is all bad, but that's where it has now gone, is into... They've accepted these kind of spiritual um, additions. Kenneth Copeland, uh, Benny Hinn, uh, I could name a whole bunch of them, but anyway. Brian, that's Dampen their spirit. I'm not saying that you can't listen to some of the things they say and agree with it. I could. The problem is that Satan loves to add things. Again, if you doubt that this stuff ends in chaos, investigate what's going on, like investigate the Toronto blessing, investigate the churches of England for their fruit, see what's going on currently in Kenneth Hoke, uh, Copeland and Hagen and all these other churches that are doing this. See what the fruit's going on there and see if that is the spirit moving, the spirit of God or maybe another spirit. Just because you're seeing and getting experiences and getting people to flop on the ground does not mean it's the Holy Spirit. It might be the Hindu Kundalini spirit. Like I said, my video, Unholy Spirit in the Church, I will show you clips that were, are, are going to make you feel disgusting. All of them from churches, by the way. Bethel Church, okay, filled with that kind of stuff. And that's where so much of our music is coming from. IHOP, International House of Prayer out of Kansas City. You'll watch a girl twitch for 30 minutes trying to give her testimony as the Holy Spirit has got control of her. Not self-control. There's just so much. It, 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 the, the act of twitching isn't the problem. Just go watch that video. 1 Corinthians 14.33, For God is not a God of confusion, but of peace as in all the churches of the saints. But all things must be done properly and in an orderly manner. Proper and orderly. Yet, how many churches do you go to that might be Pentecostal or have seen on TV where the, the gift of tongues is anything but orderly when the scripture says one or two at most should be speaking at a time and yet it's, it's a free-for-all? Is that the Holy Spirit? Colossians 2.5, For even though I am absent in the body, nevertheless I am with you in the Spirit, rejoicing to see your good discipline and the stability of your faith in Christ. 
good discipline, self-control, the gifts of the Spirit, not lack of self-control, out of order. Proverbs 25, 28, like a city that is broken into and without walls is a man who has no control over his spirit. If you're falling down and you're laughing and laughing and laughing and you have no control over your spirit, is that the spirit? It's being called drunk in the spirit. And by the way, I'll have plenty of that on my video of people being drunk in the spirit or high in the spirit as one will talk about it. I, I mean, it makes me angry, and, and maybe I'm getting a little bit too caught up in that, but it makes me angry because this is evil, and I do not want to see people being swayed and deceived by these things. I'm not saying everybody that has this is an evil person. I'm saying they may be being deceived by evil, and I'm trying to protect i'm trying to call out and say no come back don't go down that road i love you don't do this second peter 1 5 now for this very reason also applying all diligence in your faith supplying moral excellence and in your moral excellence knowledge and in your knowledge self-control and in your self-control perseverance and in your perseverance godliness Obedience. The Holy Spirit as well in Scripture is never prayed to directly in the Bible. Which is kind of interesting because some of the songs out of Bethel and whatnot, it's almost as if we are praying to the Holy Spirit. Interesting, isn't it? What the Holy Spirit does without fail, it points to Jesus. You see, I don't really worry so much about what happens to people when they go down, but what happens when they get back up. That's the fruit. Like I said, I think there are cases, biblically, that I can show you where people were dropped to their knees because of being in the presence of the Spirit of God. But I don't think that's what we're seeing in the churches pretty much today. There's a difference. And when we worship songs from Hillsong or Bethel or whatever, so many of them really are focused on lifting up the experience. And like I said, conjuring up the Spirit. The, the Holy Spirit doesn't need conjured. This must be 2 Corinthians and autocorrect must have done that. Chapter 4, verse 5, For we do not preach ourselves, it isn't about us, but Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves, your bondservants for Jesus' sake. A bondservant, boy, that doesn't sound like a good energy. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. You're going to have problems. Second, or 1 Timothy 4.1 says, Now the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times some will depart from the faith. Why? What are they going to do? Giving heed 
Giving heed doesn't mean that they were chasing after it necessarily, but they gave way. They, they let their guard down. Giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. This is why we cannot let our guard down. The kundalini spirit is being summoned in order to gain a greater, maybe false sense of peace, a false sense of awareness, a false sense of being spiritual. You speak in tongues, you're godly. If you can't, you're not godly. That false sense of assurance. That kundalini spirit or the serpent spirit, sometimes called the python spirit, is a counterfeit Holy Spirit. And it is going to mimic an authentic move of God. We see it in Acts chapter 16, verse 16. It will attack an authentic move of God. 2 Corinthians 2, 11 as well. Lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Don't let Satan take advantage of you because you are aware of his devices. God's word is your fence that you fence yourself into and don't go out of it and you're okay. So, in Acts 16, 16, by the way, this is when Paul is, is doing a good thing and then the Spirit says, you know, these people are trying to tell you to turn from your sins and in some mocking way. Sounds like it's truth. They're trying to attack an authentic work of God. But this woman had a spirit and everybody would come to her because of this spirit. Guys, if, if it happens then, it can happen now. There are spirits in people that are going to even sound like it's the right thing, but something's going to be a little off. Maybe their prophecy is not going to be 100% correct. Did you say Acts 16, 16? Yeah. But today we have this idea that it's okay. Well, you know what? The, the prophecy didn't happen because, well, the people didn't follow and obey. Therefore, that's why the prophecy didn't happen. It's at the fault of the people, not at the fault of the prophet. That's not what Scripture says. I'm almost done here. Um, 1 Timothy 6.20, Timothy, guard what was committed to your trust, avoiding the profane and idle babblings. What are profane and idle babblings? Contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge by profaning it, some have strayed concerning the faith. It's not like these people want to leave the faith. They stray because they get caught up and are deceived. So like I said, objections. We take vitamins or medicines because it's science. So we've seen the science of this. We've kind of talked about that, the science of that type of thing. But like I said, there's nothing against vitamins in Scripture. There's nothing against those vibrations in Scripture. The difference is, is there's nothing on my satanic websites that I can go to that talk about vitamins or my New Age ones. Not to mention, <clears throat> how did people survive <coughs> all this time without it, like we talked about before? Where is the proof that it helps? Can God take care of us without it, without these being around good energies? 
Can you have faith in that? Well, yeah, because God's word says so. You know, the rainbow has been hijacked too. Maybe they say, well, they're just hijacking science. Well, the rainbow, it's a good thing. There's good stuff in the rainbow. Okay, but the Bible says what the rainbow is about. Again, it goes back to God's word is the source of the truth. So regardless of whether they want to hijack the rainbow for homosexuality or not, doesn't make any difference. I still know what the rainbow is all about because God's word. Um, you know, I could give you an argument that drinking blood is good because the Bible says the life is in the blood. I could, I could probably weave a, a scientific story about how blood is a good thing. And what's interesting, though, is the Bible, however, says don't drink blood. And yet we see in Satanism, they're drinking blood. Right? So again, it all goes back to what science says has to be measured according to the Word of God. Science is telling you evolution in millions of years and all that other garbage is true. It's not true. God's Word tells me otherwise. And by the way, the interpretation of science is saying that evolution is true. Science even shows evolution is not true, but not going there tonight. <laughs> All right. Satan loves to mimic and corrupt everything. The Trinity. God is a Trinity. He, he, he mimics it in Revelation 12 and 13. The beast out of the earth, the beast out of the sea, and the dragon. The, uh, the angel of light. God is light. So we see he disguises himself as an angel of light. Corinthians tells us that. Jesus is called the morning star. The devil is called the morning star. Jesus is coming on a white horse in Revelation 19. In Revelation 6, we see the Antichrist is on a white horse. We see communion as a special thing with God, and yet it has been defiled in Satanism and all of those other things as well. And this is why Paul said that you cannot eat of the Lord's table and the table of demons too. Always been trying to do that. We see the tree of life versus a tree of knowledge. Oh, they're both tree. Knowledge is good, but it's not life. We see the word of God versus the heart. The world is telling us, follow your heart. God says, follow the word. Yet scripture says the heart is deceitful, beyond cure. You know, it, who can understand it? Worship music. Satan it seems, and I, I'm not going to get into to proof of this, but Satan was kind of, it seems, in charge of music when he was created. Worship is very important, and yet we've seen what rock and roll and, and those type of things have done with music to give glory to Satan instead. Um, the Word of God, we now have a satanic Bible as well. Um, sacrifices. The sacrifice of Jesus versus all the human sacrifices that Satanism is behind. Everything that is biblical, Satan tries to somehow mimic. The festivals, Satan mimicked them. Proverbs 14.30, a sound heart is life to the body, but envy is rottenness to the bones. Proverbs 16.40, pleasant words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the bones. One could say that a sound heart brings good vibrations, right? Or you could say it's living in faith and obedience that brings joy, not vibrations. All right, time to offend. <laughs> yeah. Oils. Sorry, Kylie. 
just like Plexus or anything else, I'm not saying you shouldn't use oils. I have oils. I like them. I like using some of those things, okay? So don't take this wrong with that pendulum saying you can't have oils. But I want to show you that there are many out there who have let that pendulum swing too far the other direction. Here is off of Young Living Oils. They have different names of their oils. Dreamcatcher, this is what it says. It's exotic formula designed to enhance the process of dreaming and visualization. The ability to hold on to your dreams. Positive dreams that move you more forward emotionally and spiritually can lead you to greater ability to realize your desires and stay on the path of fulfillment. Dreamcatcher also protects against negative dreams that maybe you know, cloud your vision. Frankincense, essential oils, earthly uplifting aroma that's perfect for grounding and spiritual correctness. Create a safe and comforting environment when you diffuse or inhale this empowering oil. Perfect opportunity to collect your thoughts. Uh, when you seek purpose or engage in prayer or meditation, which is an interesting thing to put in there, use this oil to enhance your experience. Uh, we could go on and on. Now, they claim to be a Christian company, just like churches who are Christian churches, are having these weird things too. I'm not saying that they're not Christians. I'm not saying you can't use the oil, but I'm saying this is wrong. Absolutely wrong. No ifs, ands, or buts, no justifications, certainly not biblical. It is therefore wrong. And these are the kind of things that we as Christians have to protect ourselves from, protect sound doctrine. So, Trying to be done here. I got like three slides left. Proverbs 3 7 Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Guard sound doctrine. Depart from these things. I'm not saying stop using oils. I'm saying don't ever talk about these things being, oh, this oil is going to help you do this or that. No, garbage. Give them the word of God and say, you know what? Start keeping the Sabbath and, and start honoring God with your life. Say no to what's on TV, to this rated R movie. That, I'll tell you what, that will smoke your oils. 1 Corinthians 2.12 Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. The Holy Spirit does not cost. You can't buy it. We see that in Acts chapter 16, I think, too. Maybe if it might be the wrong chapter. But nonetheless, it is free, and you don't have to do anything to conjure him up. It is by faith and faith alone. Um, you don't have to be near or have certain vibrations to get the Holy Spirit. And, and to be fair, I'm not saying that pastors, most pastors will say you do. But many will say it helps you experience the Holy Spirit. I'm not so sure that that's true. I think it's the wrong spirit. Um, good point. Things, just... Yep. If it is about vibrations and being about good energies, who has access to the Holy Spirit? Everybody, right? Everybody, non-Christian or Christian. But if what the Bible says is true, and it's about obedience, and he'll manifest himself to those who obey and keep my commandments, who, who not are doing it out of legalism and trying to get the Holy Spirit, but because they love Jesus, then only Christians get it. And there's that separation again, just like we saw in John 14. Acts 5, we are witnesses to these things, and so also is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. 
Uh, Acts 8 is where Simon Peter saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Spirit was given, and so this other guy tried to offer him money so that he could get the Holy Spirit. That there was something he could do to earn it or buy it. Doesn't happen that way. Romans 5, last slide. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has been given or who was given to us. Or 2 Corinthians 1.22, who also has sealed us and given us the Spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. I can guarantee you that when you go to church as a believer, you have the Holy Spirit whether you feel Him or not. 1 John 3.24, now he who keeps his commandments abides in me and he in him. And by this we know that he abides in us by the Spirit whom he has given us. I could talk about Proverbs also talking about bringing healing and health to our bones. All kinds of things. It isn't about all of these other extra biblical things. One more thing that I forgot to talk about that I think is very important is that what goes along with a lot of this is many times things being called slain in the spirit. And that is when uh, people might go by and they touch you and supposedly the Holy Spirit comes and overcomes you, you fall to the ground, you become drunk in the Spirit, all kinds of things happen. That is the very thing that uh, I was talking about in my DVD of um, you know, unholy spirit in the church. And you can get that online on YouTube and things like that as well. But what I want you to see is that biblically, that is just really not accurate either. Now, there are some who will try and say that we see that happening in the Bible. For example, we see John in the book of Revelation. It says that uh, when the angel of the Lord came to him, when he sees us, he falls as if though, though dead. Daniel, when uh, the angel came, he falls down trembling. And so these are the verses that are used to support that. The difference, however, is this. You see, biblically, anytime somebody would be uh, in the presence of God, yes, they would fall. In some cases, they would become unconscious because of fear that they were in the holiness of God. What we see going on in many churches today isn't holiness. It isn't out of fear of God. It's just out of lack of self-control, lack of discipline, and being overcome by a spirit. Many of these people will fall. Uh, some of them have, will break their head open. They have to have catchers to make sure that you know people don't get hurt. All of these kinds of things. And uh, that is not what we see happening in Scripture. In Scripture, it is absolutely a different motivation. So one more time, we're seeing the mimicking of something holy with something unholy by, I believe, a demonic spirit. And so when we are in the presence of God, we, we should tremble, we should fear, we should be as though dead until God comes and touches us and says, be at peace, have peace. And that isn't the kind of thing that we're seeing in the churches today. And so that's just one more little piece that I needed to add in. All right, so let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for your word, and I, I thank you for patient people here who are willing to sit while I speak on and on and on. But I just pray that your word is convicting, and I pray that it is um, opening their eyes to the truth. Protect us from these things in the world. Lord, you've given us your word for that very reason. Let us use it. Let us know it. And let us seek you with all of our heart to, to be willing to give up all 
to know you more in a deeper way. And so just take this message, Lord, and use it. In the name of Yeshua, we pray. Amen.